Okay. Hey, comedy film nerds fans. Yes, thought you'd never hear from us again, but you kept us in the feed just in case, didn't you? So much appreciated. Uh, before we ended on uh, in December, I did threaten that I would restart my Kickstarter. So I did want to mention that, but I also want to uh, talk about possibly some pandemic movies now that we're all kind of at home and unable to go to the movies. And I thought I'd bring uh, Neil T. Weekly with me. Neil, how you doing? Can you hear through the Skype? I can hear you loud and clear. Wow, this audio quality is great. This is much better than being in a professional studio. So. <laughs> well, the audio is great for us. We'll see if it works for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely see. So um, I wasn't sure if anybody was still on the feed, but if you are, uh, welcome. Thanks for um, sticking around. And I wanted to mention a couple of things. First of all, that, as you know, you can kind of keep up with us at um, uh, my new company is now whitecatentertainment.com. You could check it out. And, of course, you can go to Graham's, uh, GrahamElwood.com if you want to know kind of what we're all up to. And, Neil, what's your website or uh, your Twitter handle? You can find me at Film Nerd Neil. Still there. On the Twitter. On the Twitter. On the Twitter, feed, yes. Yeah. You know, the Twitter Film is Nerd. a... Twitter is a great place to go for accurate information with nobody getting upset over anything, isn't it? <laughs> well, oh yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's a, it's a, it's so helpful. <laughs> for I don't know what more. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I got to tell you, as I was uh, thinking about, like, should I launch the Kickstarter? Should I launch it? I'm like, well, you know, a lot of Kickstarters, they even emailed and said, look, people are still pledging. It's it's not a bad time. It's one of the things that are still kind of going. So what we did is for Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, as you know, Neil, we retooled it. We broke it up into two books yeah. and we uh, lowered the goal. So we have until May 31st. But we're already more than halfway there. We're almost 70% there. But we need your help to get to the finish line. But the other thing we thought we'd do that would be a little different and interesting is a stretch goal where you the volume one is cheaper and the pledges are lower. But a stretch goal, if we, we're almost at 8,000. But if we get to 15,000 for a stretch goal, you'll get volume two for free. So you get the entire story. As we were looking into the numbers, it really didn't cost a ton more for printing and shipping because that's already expensive anyway. So it's not like it doubles. So we thought, well, you know, if we can get there, people will be getting two graphic novels for the price of one. What do you think of that? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> so we got the team back together and Rick Myers has been also recommending some great Kung Fu movies for all of us to watch. And I've actually been watching some of those during the, the uh, stay at home orders. So Let's uh, get into what we've been watching. Uh, what, the first pandemic movie that I watched at home, and this is one that I actually missed in the movie theater, and I was happy it went to Disney Plus, was Onward. I found this yeah. movie to be unbelievably fantastic. I thought it was really, really uh, great. And I didn't think it would be as good as it was. I'm like, ah, it's, it's kind of be kind of funny, but you know, I don't know if it's going to you know, be, be in the same... Um, ballpark is like up or something like that. But I'll tell yeah. you, it, 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 it just hits on that emotional level. And I will yeah. say this as from a personal standpoint, I did just recently lose my father. So when that emotional scene, you know, when they um, referenced them losing their dad, I was like, it kind of hit me a little harder than I was expecting. So it was, it was emotional on a number of different levels. The, the family loved it. And because we're all, 
in a pandemic. Everyone watched it at different times. I think my son and I watched it and then I think my wife watched it and then I think my daughter watched it all all separately. So I was thinking how much money that actually saved. <laughs> yeah. Because if we go to the movie theater, it's it's 10 that's not 10 anymore. It's it's 12 to 15 a ticket. You know, plus if we get dinner and, you know, the kids always want snacks and popcorn. So you're looking at easily it could go over a hundred dollars for a trip to the movies for a family yeah. of four. And yeah, uh, sure. and I got the Disney Plus streaming where it's uh, I think what it's I got it with a three year deal. So I'm paying like, what, four or five bucks a, a month now for three years. So yeah. savings, uh, savings saved for sure. But the yeah. movie itself, I, I thought it was really good. I, I didn't expect it to be as emotional as it was, and I didn't expect it to be as well-crafted as it was with the fantasy elements, because I'm a big fantasy nerd, as you are as well. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to – and even the references to Dungeons & Dragons, I remember playing as a kid in my basement many, many years ago. I'm like, a gelatinous cube? Of course I know what a gelatinous cube is. <laughs> well, even I know what a gelatinous yeah. cube is. <laughs> So now I thought it was a great moment Yeah, they were. It was great. It was great moments. And also, uh, I, I was worried too. Like when you have stars that are too big, like Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, sometimes that takes away when you put them in an animated movie because you only hear them and you don't yeah. hear the character. But Pixar just gets it right. And even though they're giant, huge stars, and I could hear them and picture them, I still was engaged with them as character so i could kind of turn that off which was really good there was uh there was a lot of great moments a lot of great characters and you know just a really nice fun and emotional story so i feel like it checked all the pixar boxes yeah i agree i mean i i think i liked it more than i thought it was going to um and i have to agree 100 percent on the 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 emotional impact of the film um also, I think the um, the the brother dynamic was really amazing, and yeah, I mean it was yeah, it, it was a lot of fun, and had the emotional impact that you expect out of pretty much any uh, Pixar film. Um, I think the emotional thing was particularly strong. Obviously, like the Toy Story sequels. Some of the couple of those were particularly strong, and this was absolutely up on that level to me. So, I I, I completely I, agree. Yeah, I concur with your assessment. I agree with you agreeing with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's easy when you know Pixar makes a great film. It's almost impossible yes. to, you know, you you can't really nitpick and and, and find fault because they really no. know what they're doing. They're just so good at making these films. So. Absolutely. And now what was uh, you pick a pandemic movie? What have what have you seen? Uh, you know, I watched a couple of things that I, you know, I, I missed when they came out the first time around. Um, I saw, uh, well, one of them, the Coen brothers, Hail Caesar. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. I really enjoyed a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably not one of Coen brothers, more popular or what more well-known or mainstream type films, I guess. But for, I mean, you know, Coen Brothers, as we've said before, you know, a mediocre Coen Brothers film is better than most other films anyway. 
it was a I, really fun movie. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I, I would not call this the mediocre one. It would just be a lesser known and for some reason less commercially, um, you know, I don't want to say viable, but like most, I don't know if most people saw it, but uh, I, it I did, thought it, it was didn't really, make a I fortune. It didn't make a fortune. Yeah, it didn't make a fortune. Less people saw this one than, than I think a lot of the Coen Brothers movies. But yeah, and, I, especially if you're a you know a, a film fan, it's a really yeah. great uh, you know historical period of the 1950s in Hollywood. And it's a love letter to old Hollywood for sure. Yeah, and still just got really just funny, funny sequences in this film about you know, a little bit of McCarthyism and, uh, and just the way Hollywood, old Hollywood protected and cultivated uh, their stars outward uh, celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you like, if you love film and in particular, even golden age stuff, like the fifties, man, it's, it's a really great movie. And if you love the Coen brothers, it's a really great movie. So, I mean, it's, Great cast all the way around. Oh, you can uh, also see uh, comedy film nerds writer Alan Havey in the movie, too. Yes, absolutely. That's great. And the producer's table, that was that's mm-hmm. great. I was like, holy crap, it's Alan Havey. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he did a great job in it, too. Oh, yeah, he is great. I mean, it's really fun. It's a fun Coen Brothers movie, and I you know, highly recommend it. Now, I'll, I'll give you, I'll drop a little trivia on you here. Uh, it was a love letter to Hollywood, but... The character of Eddie Mannix, Josh Brolin's character, actually yeah. did exist. So okay. what was what was interesting about it is they based it on him, but they changed a lot of what really happened and what he was really like anyway. So it made me think, well, why bother? You don't have to actually base it on a guy if you're going to change everything kind of yeah. anyway. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, it, it doesn't really make sense. Just make it make it fictitious. It's it's, it's OK. You know, we'll still go with you on the journey. I know yeah. no one's checking. Like, I didn't uh, know he was a real guy, so it wouldn't yeah. make a difference to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think you gained anything by, by you know, naming him after a real person. Yeah. So the, the next one uh, I saw was, and this is the one that Netflix hyped the shit out of because everyone was freaking home. <laughs> was uh, Extraction. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, big budget action movie set in India starring Thor. And they kept... Hemsworth, yeah. Yeah, they they kept, oh, it's the, you know, it's the Avengers people who made it. Not really. They they, uh, they produced it and maybe one of them helped a little bit with the writing. But this really felt like a hands-off affair for the... Sure. Somebody <laughs> said, you know, let's get them to produce it, and that would be yeah. a big boost. You know, and it's Netflix, so you know, that, that kind of ploy is and I, I believe not it was, unusual. Yeah, it was one of the, yeah, yeah, it was one of the stunt people, uh, or the stunt coordinators that then they bumped up to director to this, for this, for this film. So yeah. it, it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, well, it's a Netflix film. They're certainly not going to be paying much attention to the script. And man, I was right. And uh, it was it's really just one of those. Oh, yeah, this is a a set piece after set piece after set piece after bullets after things blowing up. And, you know, you've got, uh, you know, protagonists that can take a thousand bullets before they finally slow down. And you've got literally every cop in 
um, India has now been murdered in the sequence of about three or four scenes. <laughs> I haven't seen it simply because I heard you, you, you talk about it. And so I'm like, yeah, I think I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where like, you know, we're a little older, so we remember uh, straight to video releases like, you know, you had your theatrical releases, you had oh, your yeah. TV movies and you had straight to DVD. And it was like sequels with a quarter of the budget of a theatrical film or right. ones that would like do well overseas, but would never do that well here. Or they were just genre. It was like horror action. And then but they always would do well on, quote, straight to video. But yeah. And it, it was one of the like the one of those things where. It feels like that, like a, a straight to DVD or straight to on demand kind of release. It doesn't feel like, oh, this could have had a theatrical release. Just Netflix snatched it up. I mean, that's that's what Netflix wants you to think. But generally, it's movies that no one else wants. Or it, it, it's that kind of thing where if you have an artist with a passion project, they don't go to Netflix first because they have all these other studios gr wanting to grab it. What they do is the projects that no one else kind of wants or that's not a high priority for, say, the Russo brothers, then it goes somewhere else. And yeah. <laughs> but, they, you know, Netflix has so much money, they're going to throw it at them. And it really, as much as we complain about the quality of the storytelling, uh, it's falling on deaf ears. It doesn't matter because these sure. movies... The, their audience is there and Netflix does something interesting where a lot of times they'll just count if you see like the first 15 minutes. No, see, somebody watched the movie and, you know, <laughs> yeah. somebody not that somebody got bored or disgusted by it in a few days, in a oh, few uh, minutes. That, that doesn't count. <laughs> uh, people left the room, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And just kept, letting, I'll kept go playing. Make some, I'll go make something to eat. Yeah, yeah. Laundry. I got laundry <laughs> to do. So the TV on. can. Yeah, the TV can watch itself. The model uh, itself has that sort of weird built-in quality to it. You know, you're already paying for Netflix every month, right? So now something like this, oh, it's Chris Hemsworth, it's a lot of action. It's like it's like that, you know, straight to video or DVD thing, where if you don't price it too high, I mean, people are. It's a built-in model for Netflix. You're already paying every month, so oh, I'll watch that. You know, it's like a, you don't have any. It's like there's, there's no way to to gauge that sort of thing. It's just like, sure, yeah. we're gonna turn it on because mm -hmm. I'm already paying every month. It's not, you know, it's not extra. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, um, you know, it was based on a graphic novel, uh, Cuey Dad, but I don't how, know how much it was based. Uh, but okay. now listen, listen to this, Neil. I, I pulled up IMDb. Now tell me, this does not sound like uh, a straight to DVD summary of a movie from the mid 80s tyler rake a fearless black market mercenary embarks oh, I'm, on the sorry. I'm sorry i immediately i want you to go back <laughs> i want to hear that name again <laughs> tyler rake yeah there you go tyler a, rake a fearless black dolph market lundgren. mercenary of course he'd be a fearless black market mercenary <laughs> yeah, it, it i mean be dolph lundgren really. yes yeah would it be a fearful <laughs> black market mercenary no of course he's fearless <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this would this really is a Dolph Lundgren movie. Yeah, sorry, it already it already started yeah. out fantastic. Yeah, yeah, a fearless black market mercenary embarks on the most deadly extraction of his career when he's enlisted to rescue the kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's totally from 1992. It's yes. Dolph Lundgren. Um, maybe uh, one of the characters is Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it it had, you know, I, I will say this. It had good action. I mean, Sam Hargrave knows how to direct action. There's there's no question. Uh, yeah. But it was also one of those things where uh, this could have used a little more editing as well. There were some baffling scenes in this film. Like there was one where he gets set upon by a bunch of teenagers and he's like, you know, he's like palm striking them in the face. This one I'm thinking, <laughs> like this. Teenagers? And, uh, yeah, and like, and uh, so it's like, well, do we? I don't know if we need to see Thor beat up teenagers in any movie. And yeah. uh, it really, it, it, it was just. And the other thing which was interesting about it is like, it was not integral to the plot. It certainly didn't add anything to the action. It was like, oh yeah, um, set endpoint, set <laughs> set start point. We can cut this whole sequence out. No one will miss it. And yet. <laughs> Someone fought for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, absolutely. So, I don't know. Yeah. It was very. It, it it was one of those movies where if you know what you're getting into, because it. I, I will say this: there are worse movies on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. There's some real, real. Crap. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't at the bottom of the barrel, but it was in the barrel. So. <laughs> but it was in the barrel. Might have. Yeah. Might have floated to the top. Yeah. <laughs> So, so oh, it was. That's funny. Now, what uh, what else have you seen, Neil? Well, again, I went back because I think I said I saw a couple movies that I missed back in the you know earlier. Uh-huh. And so I also saw the death of Stalin. Oh, I saw that on a plane. I like that movie. Yeah, it wasn't it was, bad. No, it's not, and it's. I mean, I guess the um, the you could the t- the term dark comedy is definitely applicable for sure because it is it is pretty dark in some places but it is actually a really um yeah i, mean, I was really it was really entertaining and and really watchable um just about when stalin dies and all of his cabinet you know just people, guys just under him all start scheming and vying to replace him and it's got really just, I mean, the cast is amazing. Steve Buscemi, Jeffrey Tambor is in it. Um, you know, I mean, Simon Russell Beale. It is um, a good cast, for sure. Harry Considine. I mean, there's a lot of really, Michael Palin, which was great to see him. I haven't seen him do anything mm-hmm. in a long time. So it was great to see Michael Palin uh, in, in this movie. It's not uh, often you get to see a Russian farce. Every no, month. that's for so sure. Once in a while, they certainly uh, talk about a limited audience. This was yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and it's funny because it almost, you know, it almost it had a weird feeling like it would have been, been a Coen Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of it feels it sort of felt like it was in their style a little bit, um, but it's also based on the comic book of the same name. Um, yeah, I mean. Really, I thought it was really entertaining, really dark, but mm-hmm. funny and entertaining. And uh, again, I'd recommend that one, too, for sure. That was a good one. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it as well. But it's not, It doesn't move all that quickly. It's one of those movies that you're like, you got to really be kind of in the mood to actually yeah. see this and pay attention to. And But you get rewarded for it, but it's not a 
make dinner or check your phone every five minutes kind of moving. No, you definitely have to sit down and watch, but it's a, uh, yeah, it's not, like I said, it's sort of the opposite of, of extraction. Of extraction, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You won't miss a thing if you leave and come back 20 minutes periodically and extract. Yeah, it might be the same scene as far as you're yeah. concerned with extraction, yeah. but yeah, yeah the death of Stalin, um, you really need to, to watch, but it's, it's worth the watch for sure. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's really good. One, one of the one of the other things I've been doing is I got a list from Rick Myers that uh, the artist and I have been viewing for the Kickstarter. So it's it's all old kung fu movies that we may have missed. But I'll tell you, there were a couple on there that I remember seeing as a kid on uh, uh, like when I was watching, like, remember the UHF channels like Black Belt Theater? They would show those like on yeah. Saturday afternoons. And one of them was Legendary Weapons of China, which was really good. And it got to see a lot of the, the weapons. And uh, w- one of the things that I really forgot about these movies is that it, as the kung fu and the martial arts are so good and so well done and the camera doesn't cut, you actually get to see everything and all the action. The stories, of course, they're super paper thin. But also, yeah. I don't know if it's something in the translation or just the the, the storytelling, like a lot of them. It just feels like they run out of film. Like, I don't think we have any resolution. They, they, they literally just stop with somebody either opening a door or like kicking through or, or getting into a fight. And like, oh, no, <laughs> then it just becomes up, you know, Shaw Brothers production or something or Run Shaw Run production. <laughs> so it's it's really interesting because I think, oh, well, maybe it's just that one. I'm not remembering it right. I'm like, no, no, this has been three of them now. That's uh, it just feels like the the just ran out of film. And we're like, all right, we're at an hour and a half to two hours. We can, we're done. We gotta, we gotta start shooting the next one. So I saw that one and return, uh, return to the thirty-sixth chamber, chamber of the Shaolin. That was really good too. And I, I think Rick has also given me a list of ones that are kind of funny too, like because some of these have a, a healthy dose of humor to them. Like there's the much more serious action martial art kung fu movies and, um, and kung fu movies, but these were not it. <laughs> this one. Uh, somebody's pretending to be a monk and pretending to have all these great powers and then he gets called on it so then he actually has to train things like that really classic <laughs> martial arts stuff to actually become that person he was pretending to be yeah um and then the there was one um eight diagram pole fighter that had the most insane final fight at the end of a martial arts movie i think i've ever seen like it had this weird dynamic where I, I have to tell you, because I don't know if anyone's actually going to see it. these are all on Amazon Prime in the States. You could check them out uh, if you have Amazon Prime. But they they went to this. Uh, of course, one of the characters wants to study with the monks. That happens in almost every martial arts movie. And yeah, they're 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 uh, training on these wooden wolves like they have these stabs and sticks and weapons. And they're just practicing hitting the wooden wolves. And they. They're saying, well, why are you hitting wolves? It's like, well, we don't want to kill them. We want to disarm them. So they do this, of course, the kung fu magic with the poles, and then they like disarm the wolves by taking their teeth out of these these uh, wooden model wolves. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But then at the end, <laughs> the big fight at the end, the monks start doing that with people. So they, <laughs> they literally are taking all the teeth out of the other fighters and the people. And, and then, like, you know, the, the stabs come out with, like, you know, a full set of teeth on somebody. I'm like, oh, my God, this is insane. <laughs> 
So it, it's it's worth seeing for Which, sure. What, what was the title of that one? That was Eight uh, Diagram Pole Fighter. Eight Diagram Pole Fighter. Yes. And uh, yeah. um, Legendary Weapons of China and 36th Chamber of the Shell. Uh, no, Return to 36th Chamber is the other one. And then the, the other one I saw was, and I, again, this is something in the translation. This was called Dirty Ho, H-O. <laughs> Has nothing to do with either of those things, so it was just uh, just another kung fu movie with a very odd title, and it had a couple really interesting fight sequences where, like an assassin, sends somebody to kill the prince, but they're it's they're also doing wine tasting at the same time, so they're literally fighting while they're wine tasting, and it's it's hilarious. It's really good. So, oh my! What a great combination of things. To yeah. Put together. Yes, it really was. So, <laughs> so that's what I've been watching. Uh, any, uh, so I just want to tell you guys too. Thanks again for listening. I hope you guys are all staying safe and sane out there. Yeah, uh, I know everyone's in a, you know, a different state, so you're in different stay-at-home or lockdown conditions. Some of you are at home uh, and not able to go out, and some of you might be on the beach. Depends where you live. So yeah. You know, you're, we're just not sure. Everyone's, you know, kind of doing, you know, what their governors are telling them to. So stay safe and be careful. And uh, Neil, any other uh, movies you want to end on uh, on one? Do you see anything else? Or you um, don't make it a TV show. It doesn't matter. The, the comedy film nerds is over. You can say whatever you want. Yeah, true <laughs> enough. I was going to say, I did watch a couple of series that have been great. I don't know what we did. You know, on the uh, the Netflix, they have the season two of, I don't know if anyone's watching Dead to Me, Christina Applegate. Uh, I have not seen it, but I've heard about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's really, really good. And I think, yeah, people should watch that show. It's only like 10 episodes and they're 30 minutes each. Um, it's really dark. It's darkly funny. feels really mm-hmm. death, but it's, yeah, it's very, it's very good. Very, very good show. Um, I highly recommend it. And um, I uh, also just watched a show called Upload on the Amazon. Uh, and that's actually a pretty interesting show. It's got, Oh, that's uh, a ripoff of The Good Place, right? Well, <laughs> I, I mean, it's the idea itself, I guess, is not totally... I mean, it's, it's more, a little more science fiction than that it's like in the future mm. when you die you can you can either you can be your your mind can be uploaded into okay. you know, like a computer simulation and they'll create an afterlife for you oh gotcha but, okay but it is really there's a, there's a lot of little, really interesting little details um you know poking fun of various things like corporate nature and and, and mm-hmm. how they <laughs> combine to own things and oh cool uh, and, and class structure mm-hmm. um uh, and then there's like a little <clears throat> so like a, a mystery in involved as well um as to you know the, the premise of this guy dies in a driverless car accident <laughs> that already sort of <laughs> says a little something um and it turns out he may have been it may not have been an accident so there's that that kind of goes through it as well um, it's pretty entertaining, actually. I was, I was, yeah, I, oh. I enjoyed it. All right, I'll have to and, check it out. And just so you know, it's like a serious cliffhanger ending. Ah. So they're, they're waiting, they're just expecting a season two, sounds like. <laughs> well, so, I, 
Yeah, it's good. Those are two good shows, Dead to Me and Upload, I would recommend. Cool. Well, I will recommend, uh, as we're on shows, The Kingdom on Netflix, the uh, Korean zombie, uh, the the zombie show. Yeah, everyone's telling me that's great, so I put that on my list to watch. I'm trying to give I'm trying to give people a little heads up though. It really, really starts off where you're like, "There's no way I'm going to get through this." Like the first couple episodes, like the the court intrigue is like confusing. It's you're not really sure who's who or what's going on or you know who's fighting who. It it really doesn't start to click until like episode kind of three or four and then it really kicks in and then i watched it like all the way through to like both seasons so okay it's um you gotta you gotta kind of get through the beginning how long are the episodes they're three hours each so no (laughs) (laughs) no i I think it's typical like 40 50 minute hours you know so i built for when people used to put commercials in between shows so uh, yeah, I would actually um, throw on another one on Amazon called, um, I think I told you about it, um, and so I'm, I, like I had it, Tales from the Loop. Yes, I'm on episode two of that right now. Okay, that was another one. I thought episode one was kind of weird, a little bit. Yeah, didn't little, love episode one. It's a little dense, and I thought it was a strange episode to start the series with, but mm. they get much better and uh, beyond that. It's science fiction, but it's really kind of drama okay um, but it's another show i would highly recommend tales from the loop excellent we'll check it so, out yeah so neil uh, anywhere else people can find you other than twitter or you um you have a presence anywhere else or you just uh you got well, how many twitter accounts just i just have the, the two but really the film nerd neil one is mm-hmm. the one used for this and the, you know, I'm on I'm on the Facebook as well. Ah, okay. Neil T Weekly, and I pop into the, you know, the comedy film nerd one occasionally. So, yes. I feel like I've, I feel like I've been on Facebook a little bit more recently, obviously because it was a lot of, you know, time of doing nothing. So it's easy to <laughs> get on the yeah, Facebook. For sure. And, uh, for sure. Um, you know, people throw those things out where. Oh, name 10 best albums. Yeah, why not? Important. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and so I'm like, yeah, I'll do that because yeah. I've got a few extra time. Because <laughs> we, we all still poke into the Comedy Film Nerds Facebook uh, and Twitter for sure. They're not they're not dead feeds. We do. We they do hear them occasionally. We're still there. And yeah, um, but I wanted to let you guys know again, the Kickstarter goes till May 31st. Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. You could just uh, go to Kickstarter, then type it that in Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. We're almost there. We definitely uh, need your help to get us over the uh, the goal, but we're very close, so we're definitely going to make it this time. But we don't want you guys to uh, miss out either. So it's a really fun book. It's going to be great. And yeah. we, we definitely retooled the campaign to make sure we could make it this time. And also check out my new website, whitecatentertainment.com. That's, you could join the mailing list there, find out what I'm up to. I'm trying to launch a new podcast within the next month or two, but launching... Uh, a website, a store, a company, a Kickstarter, and a new podcast all at once turned out to be a little too much. So <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot to do at one time. So we're uh, spreading it out a little bit. So I'm hoping the new podcast, it's called The Quiet Journeys of Professor Atwood. It will be a scripted sleep aid slash anti-anxiety comedy podcast. It'll be a hybrid of all of those things about the main character telling stories of his adventures that uh, should lull you off into a quiet, peaceful slumber. 
So that's what I've been working on, but that is a huge amount of work because it's going to have music and sound effects and narrative and all of those things. So when it does launch, it's it's going to uh, it's going to be great, but it needs more time to bake. So so, but thanks again, Neil. Much appreciated, and uh, maybe we'll yeah. periodically stop into this feed every once in a while. So keep us subscribed. It doesn't cost you anything. And then we will uh, talk to you soon. Thanks again, everybody. Bye-bye. You got it. See you.